Part Six, Chapters Three and Four of the Kama Sutra. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain and is read by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Kama Sutra, by Vatsyayana, Part Six, Chapter Three, of the means of getting money, of the signs of the change of a lover's feelings, and of the way to get rid of him. Money is got out of a lover in two ways that is, by natural or lawful means, and by artifices. Old authors are of opinion that when a courtesan can get as much money as she wants from her lover, she should not make use of artifice. But Vatsyayana lays down that though she may get some money from him by natural means, yet when she makes use of artifice he gives her doubly more, and therefore artifice should be resorted to for the purpose of extorting money from him at all events. Now the artifices to be used for getting money from her lover are as follows. First, taking money from him on different occasions, for the purpose of purchasing various articles, such as ornaments, food, drink, flowers, perfumes and cloths, and either not buying them, or getting from him more than their cost. Second, praising his intelligence to his face. Third, pretending to be obliged to make gifts on occasion of festivals connected with vows, trees, gardens, temples, or tanks. Footnote. On the completion of a vow, a festival takes place. Some trees, such as the Pipul and Banyan trees, are invested with sacred threads like the Brahmins, and on the occasion of this ceremony a festival is given. In the same way, when gardens are made, and tanks or temples built, then also festivals are observed. End footnote. Fourth, pretending that at the time of going to his house, her jewels have been stolen either by the king's guards or by robbers. Fifth, alleging that her property has been destroyed by fire, by the falling of her house, or by the carelessness of her servants. Sixth, pretending to have lost the ornaments of her lover along with her own. Seventh, causing him to hear through other people of the expenses incurred by her in coming to see him. Eighth, contracting debts for the sake of her lover. Ninth, disputing with her mother on account of some expense incurred by her for her lover, and which... <laughs> Just had a patch on the Chromebook. Oh. Is that your password? No. Is it strong dog? Let me take a look. In my tat, little S big P, yo, I P, so try me, please fingerprint and recon flow, call it this old guy. Double S, no stress, get pen tested, by the best, running up checks, diminishing the best, persistent threats, could care less, ain't trying to impress the best, weird looking best, staying in the scope so there's never a rest, but I really get rest, up, but, for the sun still trading forex. Rolling to advance, hands on my screen 89 period, ATR Running through it, goes I say I went too far I don't play, about the way I'ma have to increase my pay Any day, I can turn the sun into the rain So, y'all haters, y'all can stay mundane Getting changed For mitigating risk from kill chains In map scan, all your IP range I'll keep you on your toes, but I still bet That you won't swing PNC, get residual But people need to ride, so I still in your face when you see me, it's time to decide Should I buy a plaza or should I let it ride? I don't know, but it's mad land outside I already could afford it, but the question is Do I want a two-in-hole in the petrol 
five fours. Keeping money flows in orbit. TV screens fall in the Uber watching orbit. Don't interrupt me when I'm recording. Smoothly belly rocking Jordans. Doing things that's way more important. Google see my name and it's always corporate. Saw the 10 cube off the dead holder then absorbed it. No stress, get pen tested by the best. Yeah. Running up checks, what? diminishing the best, persistent threats. Uh. Could care less, yeah. ain't trying to impress the best. Weird looking best, staying in the scope so there's never a rest. But I barely get rest up, but for the sun, still trading forex. Microphone, put a murk, leaving haters feeling hurt. Keep the knowledge on how the damage lurk. H double T P, let's be C. Trapping from one end to E N D. Privilege just collision. I D S. Reports on my log, repping through all the fog. Yeah, you might walk the path, but I built a job. Through the ports, get cloned. Latest recon ports, just put bounties for the outdoors. Checking on the time score, just dot slash to get on the tour. Caption blast, man, I gotta get more. So Sanitize your input. Watch what you put in your head. Chapter 17 of The Art of Money Getting. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. The Art of Money Getting by P.T. Barnum. Chapter 17 Be Polite and Kind to Your Customers. Politeness and civility are the best capital ever invested in business. Large stores, gilt signs, flaming advertisements will all prove unavailing if you or your employees treat your patrons abruptly. The truth is, the more kind and liberal a man is, the more generous will be the patronage bestowed upon him. Like begets like. The man who gives the greatest amount of goods of a corresponding quality for the least sum, still reserving for himself a profit, will generally succeed best in the long run. This brings us to the golden rule, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them, and they will do better by you than if you always treated them as if you wanted to get the most you could out of them for the least return. Men who drive sharp bargains with their customers acting as if they never expected to see them again, will not be mistaken. They will never see them again as customers. People don't like to pay and get kicked also. One of the ushers in my museum once told me he intended to whip a man who was in the lecture room as soon as he came out. What for? I inquired. Because he said I was no gentleman, replied the usher. Never mind, I replied. He pays for that and you will not convince him you are a gentleman by whipping him. 
I cannot afford to lose a customer. If you whip him, he will never visit the museum again, and he will induce friends to go with him to other places of amusement instead of this, and thus you see, I should be a serious loser. But he insulted me, muttered the usher. Exactly, I replied. And if he owned the museum, and you had paid him for the privilege of visiting it, and he had then insulted you, there might be some reason in your resenting it. But in this instance, he is the man who pays while we receive, and you must, therefore, put up with his bad manners. My usher... About to analyze the 10K, I'm about to analyze the KML. About to analyze the KML, I'm about to analyze the KML. I'm about to analyze the KML. About to analyze the KML. I'm 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 about to, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to analyze the KML. 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 I'm 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 about to analyze the KML. All day, type of sort, tank K, recontemplate by the bay. Roll a young place with the graphite paint, boom on what you paint. Spectators admire by the jealous wine, cause they can't pull up, making haters faint. You say you think about the dope, but so do I. Analyze 10Ks and KMLs on the fly. Mr. FFF back tack, ICXR's got me going hard, cause it's just stand easy. Wait for me to boat guard like nonstop. Speed the pin on the improv, reverse time with mechanical clocks, passed into chopping files like the blades of a blender. Five million pressures from the news post on Twitter. I deliver, making suckers shiver, wrecking blows, false swamp, and spring a winner. About to analyze the 10K, I'm about to analyze the KML. About to analyze the KML. I'm about to analyze the KML. I'm about to analyze the KML. About to an, about to an, about to analyze the KML. I'm 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 about to, I'm, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm, I'm, I'm about to analyze the KML. 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm about to analyze the KML. With a squeeze reefer And my entourage Got the new tropics and we digging deeper Moving past the sleepers Non-believers rubbing peoples Blowing dust off your people Jerry rigging alarms I'm flipping computers and I be played in charms With the smooth solutions Poor Rex, pimps, computing In the shots to be taken, then we shooting Get out, shining bad PIDs instead of reboot Good care, less if it's confusing Just screw it to understand the scrum master Flipping past the sipping, making haters for success to listen, see the Cuban seas glisten, making value with the BBS vision. So much precision. Got a brush plate.
All the brush with the charm. Got a brush with the charm. About the brush plate the charm. About the brush plate this 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 charm. About the brush plate. About the brush plate. About the about the brush plate. About the brush plate. About the brush plate. Chapter 21 of The Science of Being Great by Wallace D. Wattles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A mental exercise. The purpose of mental exercises must not be misunderstood. There is no virtue in charms or formulated strings of words. There is no shortcut to development by repeating prayers or incantations. A mental exercise is an exercise not in repeating words, but in the thinking of certain thoughts. The phrases that we repeatedly hear become convictions, as Goethe says, and the thoughts that we repeatedly think become habitual and make us what we are. The purpose in taking a mental exercise is that you may think certain thoughts repeatedly until you form a habit of thinking them. Then they will be your thoughts all the time. Taken in the right way and with an understanding of their purpose, mental exercises are of great value. But taken as most people take them, they are worse than useless. The thoughts embodied in the following exercise are the ones you want to think. You should take the exercise once or twice daily, but you should think the thoughts continuously. That is, do not think them twice a day for a stated time, and then forget them until it is time to take the exercise again. The exercise is to impress you with the material for continuous thought. Take a time when you can have from 20 minutes to half an hour secure from interruption, Proceed first to make yourself physically comfortable. Lie at ease in a Morris chair, or on a couch, or in bed. It is best to lie flat on your back. If you have no other time, take the exercise and go into bed at night and before rising in the morning. First let your attention travel over your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, relaxing every muscle as you go. Relax completely. And next, get physical and other ills off your mind. Let the attention pass down the spinal cord and out over the nerves to the extremities, and as you do so, think, My nerves are in perfect order all over my body. They obey my will, and I have great nerve force. Next bring your attention to the lungs and think, I am breathing deeply and quietly, and the air goes into every cell of my lungs, which are in perfect condition. My blood is purified and made clean. Next to the heart. My heart is beating strongly and steadily, and my circulation is perfect, even to the extremities. Next, to the digestive system. Yo, yo, pay that go on the rise, let me consult for a fee. Every time you see the logo, it's on the billboard. Notice me, now, look at you, how you say, I'm doing wrong, smoothly, making, moving songs, doing what I gotta do. Oh, oh, yo. Just cause I wouldn't work with you, you might have a little attitude, could care less if you think I'm rude, haters can't walk up in my shoes, you salty dog, stop dropping clues, I've been a man, how you let someone else's story mess up your plan, smoothly, been the man, who is him, on them, grabbing automated business plans, off the top, 
then ready, drop a foul, split tack deal. Need advice from me, then it's time to pay the fee. If you need advice from me, then it's time to pay the fee. It's time to pay the fee. Time to, time to pay the fee. Time to pay the fee. Time to pay the fee. It's just time to pay the fee. Yeah. Time to pay the fee. Hey, hey. Time to pay the fee. Hey, hey. Time to pay the fee. Hey, hey. Time to pay the fee. Hey, time to pay the fee. It's just time to pay the fee. It's just time to pay the fee. Time to time to pay the fee. Chapter two of the art of money getting. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. The Art of Money Getting by P.T. Barnum. Chapter 2 Select the Right Location. After securing the right vocation, you must be careful to select the proper location. You may have been cut out for a hotel keeper, and they say it requires a genius to know how to keep a hotel. You might conduct a hotel like clockwork and provide satisfactorily for 500 guests every day. Yet, if you should locate your house in a small village where there is no railroad communication or public travel, the location would be your ruin. It is equally important that you do not commence business where there are already enough to meet all demands in the same occupation. I remember a case which illustrates this subject. When I was in London in 1858, I was passing down Holborn with an English friend and came to the Penny Shows. They had immense cartoons outside portraying the wonderful curiosities to be seen, all for a penny. Being a little in the show line myself, I said, let us go in here. We soon found ourselves in the presence of the illustrious showman, and he proved to be the sharpest man in that line I had ever met. He told us some extraordinary stories in reference to his bearded ladies, his albinos, and his armadillos, which we could hardly believe, but thought it better to believe it than look after the proof. He finally begged to call our attention to some wax statuary and showed us a lot of the dirtiest and filthiest wax figures imaginable. They looked as if they had not seen water since the deluge. What is there so wonderful about your statuary? I asked. I beg you not to speak so satirically, he replied. Sir, these are not Madame Tussaud's wax figures, all covered with glit and tinsel in imitation diamonds and copied from engravings and photographs mine sir introduction to the art of money getting this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by jill preston the Art of Money Getting by P.T. Barnum Introduction In the United States, where we have more land than people, it is not at all difficult for persons in good health to make money. In this comparatively new field, there are so many avenues of success open 
so many vocations, which are not crowded, that any person of either sex who is willing, at least for the time being, to engage in any respectable occupation that offers, may find lucrative employment. Those who really desire to obtain an independence have only to set their minds upon it and adopt the proper means as they do in regard to any other object which they wish to accomplish, and the thing is easily done. But however easy it may be found to make money, I have no doubt many of my hearers will agree it is the most difficult thing in the world to keep it. The road to wealth is, as Dr. Franklin truly says, as plain as the road to the mill. It consists simply in expending less than we earn. That seems to be a very simple problem. Mr. Micaber, one of those happy creations of the genial Dickens, puts the case in a strong light when he says that to have annual income of 20 pounds per annum and spend 20 pounds and sixpence is to be the most miserable of men, whereas to have an income of only 20 pounds and spend but 19 pounds and sixpence is to be the happiest of mortals. Many of my readers may say, we understand this, this is economy, and we know economy is wealth. We know we can't eat our cake and keep it also. Yet I beg to say that perhaps more cases of failure arise from mistakes on this point than almost any other. The fact is, many people think they understand economy when they really do not. True economy is misapprehended, and people go through life without properly comprehending what that principle is. Yes. 
16 of the science of being great by wallace d wattles this librivox recording is in the public domain some further explanations we go back here to the matter of the point of view for besides being vitally important it is the one that is likely to give the student the most trouble we have been trained partly by mistaken religious teachers to look upon the world as being like a wrecked ship storm-driven upon a rocky coast utter destruction is inevitable at the end and the most that can be done is to rescue perhaps a few of the crew this view teaches us to consider the world as essentially bad and growing worse and to believe that existing discord and inharmoniousness must continue and intensify until the end it robs us of hope for society government and humanity and gives us a decreasing outlook and contracting mind this is all wrong the world is not racket it is like a magnificent steamer with the engines in place and the machinery in perfect order the bunkers are full of coal and the ship is amply provisioned for the crews there is no lack of any good thing every provision omniscience could devise has been made for the safety comfort and happiness of the crew the steamer is out on the high seas tacking hither and thither because no one has yet learned the right course to steer we are learning to steer, and in due time will come grandly to the harbor of perfect harmony. The world is good and growing better. Existing discords and inharmoniousness are but the pitching of the ship incidental to our own imperfect steering. They will all be removed in due time. This view gives us an increasing outlook and an expanding mind. It enables us to think largely of society and of ourselves, and to do things in a great way. Furthermore, we see that nothing can be wrong with such a world or with any part of it, including our own affairs. If it is all moving on toward completion, then it is not going wrong. And as our own personal affairs are a part of the whole, they are not going wrong. You and all that you are concerned with are moving on toward completeness. Nothing can check this forward movement but yourself, and you can only check it by assuming a mental attitude that is at cross-purposes with the mind of God. You have nothing to keep right but yourself. If you keep yourself right, nothing can possibly go wrong with you, and you can have nothing to fear. No
test. Do the per 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 test. Chapter 17 of the Science of Being Great by Wallace D. Wattles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. More about thought. Give place here to some further consideration of thought. You will never become great until your own thoughts make you great, and therefore it is of the first importance that you should think. You will never do great things in the external world until you think great things in the internal world. And you will never think great things until you think about truth, about the verities. To think great things, you must be absolutely sincere. And to be sincere, you must know that your intentions are right. Insincere or false thinking is never great, however logical and brilliant it may be. The first and most important step is to seek the truth about human relations, to know what you ought to be to other men, and what they ought to be to you. This brings you back to the search of the right viewpoint. You should study organic and social evolution. Read Darwin and Walter Thomas Mills. And when you read, think. Think the whole matter over until you see the world of things and men in the right way. Think about what God is doing until you see what he is doing. Your next step is to think yourself into the right personal attitude. Your viewpoint tells you what the right attitude is. tremendous thing. This fact that all you need is already within you, that you do not have to consider how to get the power to do what you want to do, or to make Pull up, pull up, 
buying land and revocable trust on a making money mission, taking massive action. Tropic tincture reducing all of distractions, spinning an operator system up exquisite fashion. Making compound transactions, could care less if a naysayer reaction. Chilling, relaxing, scrum, sprint, swag on poop, one, two, keyboard, fashion. Never lacking SSH, back in via Docker containers on my CLI. Blowing hard pipe through the XR, smoothly designing, play the jewelry through a contact lens, put less on the end. Cause the women through the space bar, cold Q, one liners on the. Okay. FC increase my trade line, now I ride. Themers win double, I'm just serving drives. Then the personal okay. assistant, CPU pimping, get computers to bring me what I need, how I do it, dog. I read 24 7, 360 degrees. Fifthly, 
the probability or improbability of success in them. First, the wages of labor vary with the ease or hardship, the cleanliness or dirtiness, the honorableness or dishonorableness of the employment. Oh. Oh. What? What? Yeah. Okay. Multiple buckets of money make yeah. a decision for. Uh. Being real about uh. this business, okay. disregard okay. what you think uh. looks cool. Thumb is always trying to do. Pull up and I make Ooh. your room and Cut, hop a wire from a penny to spool. Uh. Calculated everything already, Going so in. go ahead and make it move. You know me, man, I've been in the groove. Make your move, what? do whatever you behoove. Uh. Scrum master uh. swagger, number uh. seat. Uh. Use uh. only Linux, what okay. I use. That windows always ain't then goofy. Terminal only ain't no gooey. What? Pull up, pull up, pull up. They like who's he? Got a team of okay. lawyers defending fair use and pursue me. Talking about broke subject nine going times in, out of ten, you gon' lose in. me. In that mode, they was greeted than some toes. But next and place and foes. Only using Linux ain't no gooey. 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 Only using Linux. Only using Linux. I'm 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 only using I'm 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 only using Linux. What? Chapter 21 of The Science of Being Great by Wallace D. Wattles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Mental Exercise The purpose of mental exercises must not be misunderstood. There is no virtue in charms or formulated strings of words. There is no shortcut to development by repeating prayers or incantations. A mental exercise is an exercise not in repeating words, but in the thinking of certain thoughts. The phrases that we repeatedly hear become convictions, as Goethe says, and the thoughts that we repeatedly think become habitual and make us what we are. The purpose in taking a mental exercise is that you may think certain thoughts repeatedly until you form a habit of thinking them. Then they will be your thoughts all the time. Taken in the right way and with an understanding of their purpose, mental exercises are of great value but taken as most people take them, they are worse than useless. The thoughts embodied in the following exercise are the ones you want to think. You should take the exercise once or twice daily, but you should think the thoughts continuously. That is, do not think them twice a day for a stated time, and then forget them until it is time to take the exercise again. The exercise is to impress you with the material for continuous thought. Take a time when you can have from 20 minutes to half an hour secure from interruption, Proceed first to make yourself physically comfortable. Lie at ease in a Morris chair, or on a couch, or in bed. It is best to lie flat on your back. If you have no other time, take the exercise and go into bed at night and before rising in the morning. First let your attention travel over your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, relaxing every muscle as you go. Relax completely. And next, get physical and other ills off your mind. Let the attention pass down the spinal cord and out over the nerves to the extremities, and 
and as you do so, think, my nerves are in perfect order all over my body. They obey my will, and I have great nerve force. Next bring your attention to the lungs and think, I am breathing deeply and quietly, and the air goes into every cell of my lungs, which are in perfect condition. My blood is purified and made clean. Next to the heart. My heart is beating strongly and steadily, and my circulation is perfect, even to the extremities. Next to the digestive system. Make a sucker stutter and stammer, Mr. Python programmer. I keep it in the trunk. M S A C N D H for the pen test of fire fucking scones. Will I ever fold? Nope. Yeah. Diminishing haters' hopes. Smoothly, who's he cleaner than soap? Keeping balance like tightrope. Ooh, bunch of old Linux, so I ain't broke. I ain't gotta sell dope. Just command line bash codes. Going off, you know you so soft. More plays than Reddit Moss from Game Day 99. Going hard like all the time. Close my eyes, all I see is G edit lines. On the grind all the time. Roseberry for the alpha pie. Neat on the scene as I'm cooking green. Busses broke like they ain't slain. My cell phone rings, another code to SSH to the team. Check the UTC as I administer work overseas. Can we scam? What's the plan? I'm in your system like blam. Fix the logs, can we scram? Oh man, I'm going ham, kinda like cold cuts on potato buns. Swing it and you missed out. Take that plunge, if you lunch. Wrecking flows, just for fun. Ice bright like the sun. Let's shoot the fade, we can go two to one. I'm solo son, I'm the one that can handle the fist to cut square 52 jab, and I hate I ain't good enough. Mr. Python Programmer, Mr. Python Programmer, Mr. Python Programmer, yeah, Mr. Python Programmer, Mr. Python Programmer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it in the trunk, whammer, keep it in the trunk, whammer, keep it in the trunk, whammer, Introduction to the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shane Greener. The Meditations of Marcus Aurelius by Marcus Aurelius Antoninus. Translated by George Long. Introduction. Marcus Arnius Verus was born in Rome in AD 121 and assumed the name of Marcus Aurelius Antoninus, by which he is known to history on his adoption by the Emperor T. Aurelius Antoninus. He succeeded to the imperial throne in 161, and ruled till his death in 180. His reign, though marked by justice and moderation at home, was troubled by constant warfare on the frontiers of the empire, and Aurelius spent much of his later years in the uncongenial task of commanding armies that no longer proved irresistible against the barbarian hordes. M. Aurelius was educated by the orator Fronto, but turned aside from rhetoric to study of the Stoic philosophy, of which he was the last distinguished representative. 
The meditations, which he wrote in Greek, are among the most noteworthy expressions of this system and exhibit it favorably on its practical side. His own precepts he carried out with singular consistency, and both in his public and his private life he was in the highest degree conscientious. He and his predecessor are noted as the only Roman emperors who can be said to have ruled with a single eye to the welfare of their subjects. During his reign, Rome was visited by a severe pestilence, and this, with reverses suffered by his armies, threw the populace into a panic and led them to demand the sacrifice of the Christians, whom they regarded as having brought down the anger of the gods. Aurelius seems to have shared the panic, and his record is stained by his sanction of the cruel persecution. This incident in the career of the last and one of the loftiest of the pagan moralists may be regarded as symbolic of the dying effort of heathenism to check the advancing tide of Christianity. The meditations picture with faithfulness the mind and character of this noblest of the emperors. Simple in style and sincere in tone, they record for all time the height reached by pagan aspirations in its effort to solve the problem of conduct and the essential agreement of his practice with his teachings proved that, even in a palace, life may be led well. End of introduction. Recording by Shane Greenup. Shane Greenup. Blogs. Laces going through my head at one time. Is that crazy? Uh. Total market share, over gross domestic product is the secret Warren Buffett uses over 100. I'ma count it useless cause Everybody is running to it Under 50% what I be focusing on Better act soon for the investment is gone Hope the indicator that I pick strong Cause I'm buying a call at the ring of the gong Watch the price just leap like a frog Disregard negative statements and remove good for nothing dogs Mitigated risk and all other laws By limits and I do it by reducing costs Oh my goodness, it's gonna flow It's gonna flow They hate me, they don't know what I do Mad cause I fly just like a flu Hot like so okay. is, flaws and fraud, flexing, faking, thinking, they never show it, long, long, like no other day, change up, light leaves change, colors, speed, little smothered, wow, they wonder, how could they have never met another, oops, did I stutter, slicker than butter, sharper than box, cutters, rose up from the gutter, this on my mother, never knew my brother, square sheets, and I'm steady out here doing numbers, buying parcel, flipping with all the lumber, tax, clean, Total market share, over gross domestic product is the secret Warren Buffett uses over 100. I'ma count it useless cause everybody is running to it. Under 50% would I be LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Moira Fogarty. The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Translated by Lionel Giles. Part 7 Maneuvering. Sun Tzu said, In war, the general receives his commands from the sovereign. 
Having collected an army and concentrated his forces, he must blend and harmonize the different elements thereof before pitching his camp. After that comes tactical maneuvering, than which there is nothing more difficult. The difficulty of tactical maneuvering consists in turning the devious into the direct, and misfortune into gain. Thus, to take a long and circuitous route, after enticing the enemy out of the way, and those starting after him, to contrive to reach the goal before him, shows knowledge of the artifice of deviation. Maneuvering with an army is advantageous, with an undisciplined multitude, most dangerous. If you set a fully equipped army in march in order to snatch an advantage, the chances are that you will be too late. On the other hand, to detach a flying column for the purpose involves the sacrifice of its baggage and stores. Thus, if you order your men to roll up their buff coats and make forced marches without halting day or night, covering double the usual distance at a stretch, doing a hundred lee in order to rest an advantage, the leaders of all your three divisions will fall into the hands of the enemy. The stronger men will be in front, the jaded ones will fall behind, and on this plan only one-tenth of your army will reach its destination. If you march fifty lee in order to outmaneuver the enemy, you will lose the leader of your first division, and only half your force will reach the goal. If you march thirty lee with the same object, two-thirds of your army will arrive. We may take it then that an army without its baggage train is lost. Without provisions, it is lost. Without bases of supply, it is lost. We cannot enter into alliances until we are acquainted with the designs of our neighbors. We are not fit to lead an army on the march unless we are familiar with the face of the country, its mountains and forests, its pitfalls and precipices, its marshes and swamps. We shall be unable to turn natural advantage to account unless we may... Chapter 19 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2, Niccolo Machiavelli. Translation by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 19. That acquisitions made by ill-governed states and such as follow not the valiant methods of the Romans tend rather to their ruin than to their aggrandizement. To these false opinions, founded on the pernicious example first set by the present corrupt age, we owe it that no man thinks of departing from the methods which are in use. It had been impossible, for instance, some thirty years ago, to persuade an Italian that ten thousand foot soldiers could, on plain ground, attack ten thousand cavalry together with an equal number of infantry, and not merely attack, but defeat them as we saw done by the Swiss at that Battle of Novara, to which I have already referred so often. For although history abounds in similar examples, none would have believed them, or, believing them, would have said that nowadays men are so much better armed that a squadron of cavalry could shatter a rock to say nothing of a column of infantry. 
With such false pleas would they have belied their judgment, taking no account that with a very scant force of foot soldiers Lucullus routed a hundred and fifty thousand of the cavalry of Tigranes, among whom were a body of horsemen very nearly resembling our own men at arms. Now, however, this error is demonstrated by the example of the northern nations. And since what history teaches us as to the superiority of foot soldiers is thus proved to be true, men ought likewise to believe that the other methods practiced by the ancients are in like manner salutary and useful, and were this once accepted, both princes and commonwealths would make fewer blunders than they do, would be stronger to resist sudden attack, and would no longer place their sole hope of safety in flight, while those who take Chapter 1 of The Art of Money Getting. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. The Art of Money Getting by P.T. Barnum. Chapter 1 don't mistake your vocation the safest plan and the one most sure of success for the young man starting in life is to select the vocation which is most congenial to his tastes parents and guardians are often quite too negligent in regard to this it's very common for a father to say for example I have five boys I will make Billy a clergyman John a lawyer Tom a doctor, and Dick a farmer. He then goes into town and looks about to see what he will do with Sammy. He returns home and says, Sammy, I see watchmaking is a nice genteel business. I think I will make you a goldsmith. He does this, regardless of Sam's natural inclinations or genius. We are all, no doubt, born for a wise purpose. There is as much diversity in our brains as in our countenances. Some are born natural mechanics, while some have great aversion to machinery. Let a dozen boys of ten years get together, and you will soon observe two or three are whittling out some ingenious device, working with locks or complicated machinery. When they were but five years old, their father could find no toy to please them like a puzzle. They are natural mechanics, but the other eight or nine boys have different aptitudes. I belong to the latter class. I never had the slightest love for mechanism. On the contrary, I have a sort of abhorrence for complicated machinery. I never had ingenuity enough to whittle a cider tap so it would not leak. I never could make a pen that I could write with or understand the principle of a steam engine. If a man was to take such a boy as I was, and attempt to make a watchmaker of him, the boy might, after an apprenticeship of five or seven years, be able to take apart and put together a watch. But all through life he would be working uphill and seizing every excuse. Book Four of The Art of War by Niccolo Machiavelli Translated by Henry Neville This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Clive Catterall Book Four Luigi said, Since an engagement has been won so honorably under my rule, I think it is well if I do not tempt fortune further. 
knowing how changeable and unstable it is. And therefore I desired to resign my speakership, and that, wanting to follow the order that belongs to the youngest, Zenobi now assumed this office of questioning. And I know he will not refuse this honour, or we would rather say this hard work, as much in order to give pleasure as also because he is naturally more courageous than I. Nor should he be afraid to enter into these labours, where he can thus be overcome as he can overcome. Zenobi said, I intend to stay where you put me, even though I would more willingly stay to listen, because up to now I am more satisfied with your questions than those which occurred to me in listening to your discussions pleased me. But I believe it is well, lords, since you have time left, and of patience, we do not annoy you with these ceremonies of ours. Fabrizio said, I'd rather you give me pleasure, because this change of questioners makes me know the various geniuses and your various desires. Is there anything remaining of the matter discussed which you think should be added? Zenobi said, There are two things I desire before we pass on to another part. The one is that you would show me if there is another form of organizing the army which may occur to you. The other, what considerations ought a captain have before going to battle? And if some accident should arise concerning it, what remedies can be made? Fabrizio said, I will make an effort to satisfy you. I will not reply to your questions in detail, for when I answer one, often it will also answer another. I have told you that I proposed a form for the army which should fill all the requirements according to the nature of the enemy and the site, because in this case one proceeds according to the site and the enemy. But note this, that there is no greater peril than to overextend the front of your army, unless you have a very large and very brave army. Otherwise you have to make it rather wide and of short length than of long length and very narrow. For when you have a small force compared to the enemy, you ought to seek other remedies. For Chapter four of the Science of Being Great by Wallace D. Wattles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Mind of God There is a cosmic intelligence that is in all things and through all things. This is the one real substance. From it all things proceed. It is intelligent substance, or mind stuff. It is God. Where there is no substance, there can be no intelligence. For where there is no substance, there is nothing. Where there is thought, there must be a substance which thinks. Thought cannot be a function, for function is motion, and it is unconceivable that mere motion should think. Thought cannot be vibration, for vibration is motion. And that motion should be intelligent is not thinkable. Motion is nothing but the moving of substance. If there be intelligence shown, it must be in the substance and not in the motion. Thought cannot be the result of motions in the brain. If thought is in the brain, it must be in the brain's substance and not in the motions which brain substance makes. But thought is not in the brain substance, for brain substance, without life, is quite unintelligent and dead. Thought is in the life principle that animates the brain, in the spirit substance, which is the real man. The brain does not think, the man thinks, and expresses his thought through the brain. There is a spirit substance that thinks. Just as the spirit substance of man permeates his body, and thinks and knows in the body, so the original spirit substance, God, permeates all nature and thinks and knows in nature. 
Nature is as intelligent as man, and knows more than man. Nature knows all things. The all mind has been in touch with all things from the beginning, and it contains all knowledge. Man's experience covers a few things, and these things man knows. But God's experience covers all the things that have happened since the creation, from the wreck of a planet or the passing of a comet to the fall of a sparrow. All that is and all that has been are present in the intelligence that is wrapped about us and enfolds us and presses upon us from every side. All the encyclopedias man have written are but trivial affairs compared to the vast knowledge held by the mind in which men live, move, and have their being. The truth men perceive by inspiration are thoughts held in this mind. If they were Chapter thirteen of the Science of Being Great by Wallace D. Wattles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Thought Greatness is only attained by the constant thinking of great thoughts. No man can become great in outward personality until he is great internally, and no man can be great internally until he thinks. No amount of education, reading, or study can make you great without thought. by what you read, but by what you think about what you read. Thinking is the hardest and most exhausting of all labor, and hence many people shrink from it. God has so formed us that we are continuously impelled to thought. We must either think or engage in some activity to escape thought. The headlong, continuous chase for pleasure in which most people spend all their leisure time is only an effort to escape thought. Thinking, not mere knowledge or information, makes personality. Thinking is growth. You cannot think without growing. Every thought in gender. Read names, space, single quote, S, backslash, space, backsplash, underscore, backslash, G, single quote, space, stars. Read names, space, remove. The spaces from the files and the direct spaces. Uh, uh, the more the 
spaces from the Mr. Python programmer, keep it in the trunk. Grandma, make a sucker, stutter and stammer. Blow, cold, make it more hits to some hammers. Hit, scammers with the Wi Fi jammers. Swung through gas, then I love Brahma. Hacking Wi Fi cameras for those who act more yellow than banana pills. What's the deal? I'm Hulu, I'm out here still watching shield. Increase my guilt, focus on the field. Swung through swine, berry interior, orange pill. Through your hood, ripping wheels as a deal. Pockets, fat like seals. I'm by my lonesome cuz, you know I don't squeal. Stand ten toes down, make a lane, hater, heel. They saw and congeal, could care less how you feel. Practice at the range still, but I don't steal. Smoothly, prepping my meals. Check the logo, it's the seal. MSA and the NDAs for the pen test. Define pocket scopes. Will I ever fold? No, the diminishing the haters' hopes. Smoothly, who's he? I'm cleaner than a part of soap. Balance like tight ropes. One two on the Linux, I ain't broke. I ain't gotta sell dope. Just command line bash codes going off. Oh, you know you so soft. Mo plays. Then Randy Moss from Game Day '99. Going hard all the time. Closing my eyes, seeing G edit lines on the grind all the time. Rose married for the Alpha. Need. On the scene, as I'm cooking green, busters broke like they in sling. My cell phone rings, another code to SSH to the team. Check the UTC as I administer work to the minister of work overseas. Remove the spaces from the bow from the directory. Remove the spaces from the files in the directory. Just had a patch on the Chromebook. Oh. Is that your password? Yeah. Is it strong dog? Let me take a look. In my tat, little S big P, yo IP, so try me, please fingerprint and recon flow, call it this on guy. Double S, no stress, get pen tested by the best. Running up checks, diminishing the best, persistent threats. Could care less, ain't tryna impress the vets. Weird looking best, staying in the scope so there's never a rest. But I barely get rest up, but for the sun, still trading forex. Rolling to bands, hands on my screen. 89 period, ATR. Running through it, goes, I say I went too far. I don't play about the way, I'ma have to increase my pay. Any day, I can turn the sun into the rain. So, y'all haters, y'all can stay mundane. Getting changed. For mitigating risk from kill chains. In map scan, all your IP range. I'll keep you on your toes, but I still bet that you won't swing. PNC, get residual. But people need to ride. So I stay in your face when you see me. It's time to decide. Should I buy a plaza or 
Should I let it ride? Uh. I don't know, but it's mad land outside. I already could afford it, but the question is, do I want a two-in hole in the petrified forest? Keeping money flows in orbit. TV screens fall in the Uber watching orbit. Don't interrupt me when I'm recording. Smoothly belly rocking Jordans. Doing things that's way more important. Google see my name and it's always corporate. Saw the 10 cube off the dead, hold it, then absorb it. No stress, get pen tested by the best. Running up checks, diminishing the best, persistent threats. Could care less, ain't trying to impress the best. Weird looking best, staying in the scope so there's never a rest. But I barely get rest up, but for the sun, still trading forex. Microphone put a murk, leaving haters feeling hurt. Keep the knowledge on how the damage lurk. H double T P, let's me see. Traffic from one end to E N D. Privilege just collision. I D S. Reports on my law, repping through all the fault. Yeah, you might walk the path, but I built a job. Through the ports, get cloned. Latest recon ports, just put bounties for the eye doors. Checking on the time score, just dot slash to get on the tour. Caption blast, man, I gotta get more. So Sanitize your input. Watch what you put in your head. Introduction to the Art of Money Getting. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. The Art of Money Getting by P.T. Barnum. Introduction. In the United States, where we have more land than people, it is not at all difficult for persons in good health to make money. In this comparatively new field, there are so many avenues of success open, so many vocations, which are not crowded, that any person of either sex who is willing, at least for the time being, to engage in any respectable occupation that offers, may find lucrative employment. Those who really desire to attain an independence have only to set their minds upon it and adopt the proper means as they do in regard to any other object which they wish to accomplish, and the thing is easily done. But however easy it may be found to make money, I have no doubt many of my hearers will agree it is the most difficult thing in the world to keep it. The road to wealth is... As Dr. Franklin truly says, as plain as the road to the mill, it consists simply in expending less than we earn. That seems to be a very simple problem. Mr. Micaber, one of those happy creations of the genial Dickens, 
puts the case in a strong light when he says that to have annual income of 20 pounds per annum and spend 20 pounds and sixpence is to be the most miserable of men, whereas to have an income of only 20 pounds and spend but 19 pounds and sixpence is to be the happiest of mortals. Many of my readers may say, we understand this, this is economy, and we know economy is wealth. We know we can't eat our cake and keep it also. Yet I beg to say that perhaps more cases of failure arise from mistakes on this point than almost any other. The fact is, many people think they understand economy when they really do not. True economy is misapprehended, and people go through life without properly comprehending what that principle is. Chapter 17 of The Art of Money Getting This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston The Art of Money Getting by P.T. Barnum Chapter 17 Be Polite and Kind to Your Customers Politeness and civility are the best capital ever invested in business. Large stores, gilt signs, flaming advertisements will all prove unavailing if you or your employees treat your patrons abruptly. The truth is, the more kind and liberal a man is, the more generous will be the patronage bestowed upon him. Like begets like. The man who gives the greatest amount of goods of a corresponding quality for the least sum, still reserving for himself a profit, will generally succeed best in the long run. This brings us to the golden rule. As ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them. And they will do better by you than if you always treated them as if you wanted to get the most you could out of them for the least return. Men who drive sharp bargains with their customers acting as if they never expected to see them again, will not be mistaken. They will never see them again as customers. People don't like to pay and get kicked also. One of the ushers in my museum once told me he intended to whip a man who was in the lecture room as soon as he came out. What for? I inquired. Because he said I was no gentleman, replied the usher. Never mind, I replied. He pays for that and you will not convince him you are a gentleman by whipping him. I cannot afford to lose a customer. If you whip him, he will never visit the museum again, and he will induce friends to go with him to other places of amusement instead of this, and thus you see, I should be a serious loser. But he insulted me, muttered the usher. Exactly, I replied. And if he owned the museum, and you had paid him for the privilege of visiting it, and he had then insulted you, there might be some reason in your resenting it. But in this instance, he is the man who pays while we receive, and you must, therefore, put up with his bad manners. My Chapter 1 of The Art of Money Getting This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. The Art of Money Getting by P.T. Barnum. Chapter 1. 
Don't mistake your vocation. The safest plan, and the one most sure of success for the young man starting in life, is to select the vocation which is most congenial to his tastes. Parents and guardians are often quite too negligent in regard to this. It's very common for a father to say, for example, I have five boys. I will make Billy a clergyman, John a lawyer, Tom a doctor, and Dick a farmer. He then goes into town and looks about to see what he will do with Sammy. He returns home and says, Sammy, I see watchmaking is a nice genteel business. I think I will make you a goldsmith. He does this, regardless of Sam's natural inclinations or genius. We are all, no doubt, born for a wise purpose. There is as much diversity in our brains as in our countenances. Some are born natural mechanics, while some have great aversion to machinery. Let a dozen boys of ten years get together, and you will soon observe two or three are whittling out some ingenious device, working with locks or complicated machinery. When they were but five years old, their father could find no toy to please them like a puzzle. They are natural mechanics, but the other eight or nine boys have different aptitudes. I belong to the latter class. I never had the slightest love for mechanism. On the contrary, I have a sort of abhorrence for complicated machinery. I never had ingenuity enough to whittle a cider tap so it would not leak. I never could make a pen that I could write with or understand the principle of a steam engine. If a man was to take such a boy as I was and attempt to make a watchmaker of him, the boy might, after an apprenticeship of five or seven years, be able to take a part and put together a watch. But all through life he would be working uphill and seizing every ex Chapter 9 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2, by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 9. Of the causes which commonly give rise to wars between states. The occasion which led to war between the Romans and Samnites, who for long had been in league with one another, is of common occurrence in all powerful states, being either brought about by accident, or else purposely contrived by someone who would set war afoot. As between the Romans and the Samnites, the occasion of war was accidental. For in making war upon the Sidicinians and afterwards on the Campanians, the Samnites had no thought of involving themselves with the Romans. But the Campanians being overpowered, and contrary to the expectation of Romans and Samnites alike, resorting to Rome for aid, the Romans, on whose protection they threw themselves, were forced to succour them as dependents, and to accept a war which, it seemed to them, they could not with honour decline. For though they might have thought it unreasonable to be called on to defend the Campanians as friends against their own friends, the Samnites, it seemed to them shameful not to defend them as subjects, or as a people who had placed
placed themselves under their protection. For they reasoned that to decline their defence would close the gate against all others who at any future time might desire to submit themselves to their power. And, accordingly, since glory and empire and not peace were the ends which they always had in view, it became impossible for them to refuse this protectorship. A similar circumstance gave rise to the first war with the Carthaginians, namely, the protectorate assumed by the Romans of the citizens of Messina in Sicily. And this likewise came about by chance. But the second war with... Chapter 21 of The Science of Being Great by Wallace D. Wattles This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Mental Exercise The purpose of mental exercises must not be misunderstood. There is no virtue in charms or formulated strings of words. There is no shortcut to development by repeating prayers or incantations. A mental exercise is an exercise not in repeating words, but in the thinking of certain thoughts. The phrases that we repeatedly hear become convictions, as Goethe says, and the thoughts that we repeatedly think become habitual and make us what we are. The purpose in taking a mental exercise is that you may think certain thoughts repeatedly until you form a habit of thinking them. Then they will be your thoughts all the time. Taken in the right way and with an understanding of their purpose, mental exercises are of great value, but taken as most people take them, they are worse than useless. The thoughts embodied in the following exercise are the ones you want to think. You should take the exercise once or twice daily, but you should think the thoughts continuously. That is, do not think them twice a day for a stated time, and then forget them until it is time to take the exercise again. The exercise is to impress you with the material for continuous thought. Take a time when you can have from 20 minutes to half an hour secure from interruption, and proceed first to make yourself physically comfortable. Lie at ease in a Morris chair, or on a couch, or in bed. It is best to lie flat on your back. If you have no other time, take the exercise on going to bed at night and before rising in the morning. First let your attention travel over your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, relaxing every muscle as you go. Relax completely. And next, get physical and other ills off your mind. Let the attention pass down the spinal cord and out over the nerves to the extremities, and as you do so, think, my nerves are in perfect order all over my body. They obey my will, and I have great nerve force. Next, bring your attention to the lungs and think. I am breathing deeply and quietly, and the air goes into every cell of my lungs, which are in perfect condition. My blood is purified and made clean. Next, to the heart. My heart is beating strongly and steadily, and my circulation is perfect, even to the extremities. Next, to the digestive system. Chapter 5 of The Science of Being Great by Wallace D. Wattles this LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Preparation Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. If you become like God, you can read His thoughts. And if you do not, you will find the inspiration of perception of truth impossible. You can never become a great man or woman until you have overcome anxiety, worry, and fear. It is impossible for an anxious man, a worried one, or a fearful one, to perceive the truth. 
are distorted and thrown out of their proper relations by such mental states, and those who are in them cannot read the thoughts of God. If you are poor, or if you are anxious about business and financial matters, you are recommended to study carefully the first volume of this series, The Science of Getting Rich. That will present to you a solution for your problems of this nature, no matter how large or how complicated they may seem to be. There is not the least cause for worry about financial affairs. Every person who is to do so may rise from the want, have only means, and become rich. The same source upon which you put most control for mental upholding and spiritual power is at your service for the supply of all your material wants. Study this truth until it is fixed in your thoughts and until anxiety is banished from your mind. Enter the certain way which leads to material riches. Again, if you are anxious or worried about your health, realize it is possible for you to attain perfect health so that you may have strength sufficient for all that you wish to do. above financial and physical anxiety and worry. You must rise above moral evil too as well. Sound your inner consciousness now for the motives that actuate you and make sure they are right. You must cast out lust and cease to be ruled by appetite and you must begin to govern appetite. You must eat only to satisfy hunger, never for gluttonous pleasure. And in all things you must make the flesh obey the spirit. You must lay aside greed, have no unworthy motive in your desire to become rich.